Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and want to give a shout out to all the listeners out there stateside and worldwide. Guys, thank you so much for continuing to support the show as we scale back up to our normal rate of production. Thank you all for supporting the show and always making sure that you are spreading the word out there. Got a very nice message from a few people here on social media this week. Guys, that just reinforces that I'm doing this for a reason. And we continue to do this show for a reason, obviously, because it's all here for you. We want you to continue listening and, of course, spreading the word out there. And how you can find us, the best way, vaultclassicpod.com. Once again, that's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there, check out the website, check out all our past episodes, including the featured episodes. You can also get to all of our social media links from there as well. You can also go to our merchandise store to buy some merch. Guys, the end of summer's coming up. Cop that summer gear that you want to keep for the rest of the summer and also through next summer. And also cop something from the fall and winter time that's coming up too as well. We got hoodies, sweatshirts as well. If you get to the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner there, you'll get to our Buy Me A Coffee page. Getting there, you click on that. It'll bring you to the page where you can make a small monetary donation so you can make sure we can keep the vault open for many years to come. Once again, that's vaultclassicpod.com. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag MBTC. And today, we're going to go back 30 years ago. And we're going to go to the debut studio album of the hip-hop trio from the West Coast, The Alcoholics, 21 and Over, released on Loud and RCA Records on August 24th, 1993. Recorded between 1992 and 1993 at Yamama's House Studio in Los Angeles, California. Yes, that's the name of the studio. With a runtime of 35 minutes and 15 seconds. Very short album. The producers on this, the alcoholics themselves, Derek D. Pent Williams, King T., the Luke Pack, which is the duo made up of Mad Lib and Wild Child from Stone's Throws Records, a link to the area, of course, West Coast as well. And the executive producers, the alcoholics themselves, as well as Fabian DuVernay, the singles from 21 and over. The first one, Make Room, released June 21st, 1993. Liquid, released in 1994. And Mary Jane, released in June 6th, 1994. The features on this, none other than King T himself, West Coast legend, and of course, the mentor and someone who helped define the alcoholics, the group themselves. Loot Pack, as we mentioned before, Mad Lib and Wild Child, and also Field Trip on the track Soda Pop. A compact album, 10 tracks, 35 minutes, not very long at all. And the debut album of this trio, The Alcoholics, who, depending on who you ask, and it would depend on whether or not you are familiar with West Coast hip hop herself, either is someone, either is a group that occupies a very special place within hip hop that you keep them there and they're cherished there. Or a group that you really don't know a lot about because of sort of the niche that they fit into. They've been around for a long time, still together as a group. The hip-hop trio, the alcoholics of E-Swift, J-Row, and Tash have been together now more longer than 30 years. And they have been putting out lots of albums and lots of music. 
and they are well respected across the industry. They work with a number of different acts from all over the nation, all over the world. And this is the 30th anniversary of that debut album, which you talked to a lot of folks who are West Coast hip hop fans. They have fond memories of this album. And we're actually going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So my first thoughts about the Alcoholics 21 and over. Now, I really didn't get into the Alcoholics until I would say probably my last year of high school into my first year of college. And that's because I became a big exhibit fan right around 40 days and 40 nights. Well, I started to get notice of exhibit right around in the speed of life, the debut album from exhibit in 1996. But by the time 40 days and 40 nights came around, he definitely to me was a major player and that album. I thought was a dope ass album. But he did songs with the Alcoholics. And while he's not a member of the group or officially a member of the Alcoholics crew, he definitely was very closely affiliated to them. But once I started getting into college and I got into the college party scene, started doing stuff, of course, you know, like drinking and smoking and hanging around some guys that had very eclectic rap taste. There was a friend of mine from college that was very much into West Coast hip hop and very much into the alcoholics. It's like, yo, he was a licks head, as we like to say. He was a dude that was into the alcoholics and that West Coast alternative sort of scene. And so I dug a little bit into their music. Of course, I was familiar with Tash. Tash had been on a few things, most notably Lyris's Lounge, the first one in 1998. But when I dug into the Alcoholics music, I listened to a couple of their albums first. I think the first one that I listened to was probably Coast to Coast. I mean, we know all about that. If Even if you're not an Alcoholics fan, you've probably heard of Coast to Coast and then Liquidation. But then someone told me I needed to go listen to 21 and Over, which was the debut album. So I decided to give it a listen one day. And I think by the time I listened to it, this album had already been out about 10 years or so. And... I listened to it, kind of understanding and expecting what it was that I was going to get. And reading some reviews from it, even back then, people are saying, well, you know, it's a West Coast party album. You know, it's definitely a lot of free spirited talk on there as well. A lot to talk, of course, about not just drinking and smoking, but having a good time. And I'm thinking about to that era and I'm thinking, okay, all right, Los Angeles, West Coast hip hop, definitely not in the vein of a lot of gangster rap, but I know this type of hip hop that I've listened to it before. I'm thinking about in my head, right? Far side, Cypress Hill. I'm also thinking about the alternative groups like Dilated Peoples and Hieroglyphics and J5. Like, okay, I'm thinking it's going to be of that variety. And what I got kind of was in sort of like a mixture of all of that put together, but a very unique style. So when I listened to 21 and over and I heard the music, like hitting it, first of all, just listening to the beats, it didn't necessarily hit me as though like, oh, this is a West Coast party album. Like I'm expecting what West Coast party music to sound like. It sounded like hardcore hip hop. It sounded like to me, like that boom bop stuff that I'm so used to because the drums on these beats hit so hard and the samples, of course, or more of a variety of something I would expect to be something of that form and not necessarily party music. But as you dig into it, you hear like the hooks and hear the call and responses. And of course, the lyrics themselves were amazing. And there's always been this debate about whether West Coast MCs could get busy. At least back in the day, there was. Obviously, now we know that there are lots of West Coast MCs that can get busy with the best of them from everywhere. And the alcoholics, to me, I think have always fell a little bit below the radar when we talk about groups that had great lyrics and bars, because as a group, especially in this debut, man, they had some lines and some bars out there. They weren't just like an act to be just fun loving or meant to be like, you know, silly or slapstick. Like, no, 
They were out here spitting bars on this album. Even I recognized that when I first listened to it about 20 years ago. Since then, having been a little bit involved more in their catalog and then listening, especially, you know, I've been a big fan of Tash, obviously, but all three of the MCs on here, J-Row and as well as E-Swift, put their work in on this album and through the years. What you get here is obviously what it is. It is a West Coast Party album, but it is not really the variety of something you're thinking that would be humorous or I would say not serious of itself. They were a rap group, I would say, in my estimation, when I listened and observed them, they didn't take themselves too seriously, but they took the music very, very seriously. Meaning they put out a good quality polished product that yes, while it was party music, it was also music they wanted to make sure not to be lacking any sort of quality. And that's why I always admired about them. But this was an album, man, I could get with. This is a head nodder. This is something when I put it on in the car, I'm reminded of how much this production thumps, even for back then in 1993. Because sometimes you get albums back then and the production doesn't necessarily thump that hard. No, the production on this joint thumps hard. All the contributors here who produced on this album, the licks themselves, E-Swift playing a very heavy role in producing so many of these tracks and taking the lead in that. King T, the loop pack, and... Mad Lib's first quarry into production from a signed record label, a major label. Hearing that for the first time is sort of something that's just like, bam, that there's an Easter egg right there that you pick up from that. But the beats on here are complimentary with their lyrics. Their lyrics are, man, these guys are some serious MCs, man. And while it's fun and they talk about drinking and smoking, they talk about women and partying and everything else like that. It's not something that seems, oh, not to take serious at all. It's something that is just like, yo, man, these dudes are getting busy on the mic. And yeah, they talking about some shit that's kind of like relatable, right? So that was the appeal, I think, for a lot of folks. To me, they had a cult following because of their subject matter, really what their style and their image was. But then also they used to get busy, man, when it came to making this music. And that's why I think a lot of folks sort of latched on to them. And they weren't necessarily mainstream. I mean, any of these singles that I just named right here didn't necessarily do anything on the Hot 100, but they did chart on the rap charts and their album didn't even go platinum, not even gold even. But if you talk to a lot of people about this album, they'll mention this in regards to those old school hip hop West Coast classes that you got to listen to. Highlights and lowlights. So my highlights in listening to this, I'll just go ahead and get this out the way. Really, there are no lowlights on this album. <laughs> just go ahead and get that out there. There's not even a song on here that I'll say, you know what? They need to go ahead and not have this on the album. I'm good with just these tracks, but not that one. But all these tracks on here hit hard. And the fact that it's a very easy listen to and it's not very long even helps on that matter. I listened to this, I would say a few times this week going on the way to work and coming back home and also just to go kick it with the homies the other day. I actually listened to it and got done within a car ride there and a car ride back. You can't ask for anything better than that. But the highlights on here overall, like I mentioned, the production is a highlight. Um, shout out to East Swift. Shout out to the Lick, shout out to King Teeth and a loop pack for everybody who did production on here. Quintessential 90s hip hop, something that you would not expect 90s West Coast rap to sound like, but right up the alley, of course, what they were trying to get at in regards to their style. The songs that are highlights. Love the first track with King T with Liquid. Kind of establishes exactly who they are. Great verses by all of them on there. Of course, King T drops a master verse on there. 
King T's been doing his thing for a long, long time. West Coast legend, hip hop legend. You got to respect him. One of the standouts on here, of course, to me is only when I'm drunk. And <laughs> I got to love the way that they do these tracks and how they sort of integrate the whole, oh shit, I'm drunk. And like the sort of like the gurgling you hear, like mm, I'm drunk, mm, fucked up. <laughs> the type of things that you get when people are really drunk. Only when I'm drunk is a standout creatively for me. Last Call, one of the great songs on here. And all three of the MCs definitely dropped great verses on here with the highlight being Tash's verse on here. This is one of those things we talk about West Coast party music. Yeah, Last Call for Alcohol. Definitely one of my standouts here as well. Turn the party out featured the loop pack. Another great song. Like we talk about again, party music. Yeah, this fits right into the theme of party music right there. And lo and behold, you hear Wild Child and Mad Lib on here. Not even realizing that's who you're listening to if you're just listening to the album. But you hear them sort of going back and forth on this track. And that's a gem right there. Like I said, an Easter egg. And a throwback to those times in the early West Coast hip hop days when you would have artists collaborating with each other. And you had this group from this independent label with this major label and a group like the Alcoholics sort of sitting on the fringe, straddling kind of between both worlds. It was really cool to hear. I love Bullshit, the other track featuring King T as well. And then the last two tracks, Mary Jane and Who Them Niggas. Yeah, that's... <laughs> crazy that also features threat as well on this track so that's the fourth feature on this one but a great way to close out the album mary jane being the third single on here and then of course who them niggas to be the last track on this album and then it closes out the album on an emphatic note and just like that boom the album ends not any low lights on here at all other highlights as well, uh, You Can't Tell Me Shit, I um, mean, great beat on there by Derek D. Pimp Williams. Of course, all the MCs are here have held their weight. There's not really anybody on this album that I would say, oh, didn't necessarily do their job on here. I mean, I think all the MCs, East Swift, j Row, and of course, Tass, all got busy on here. And the guests all had contributions on here that fit this album. This was something that was very compact. It was very tight. There wasn't really a whole lot of room for waste here. They made a good quality album where there wasn't any waste. And you got to love an album like that, right? I mean, 10 tracks is not really a lot of room for error if you're going to have that few tracks on there. And I feel as though they picked the best 10 for this one and said, boom, this is what we're going with. We're going to have the best beats. We're going to make sure everybody has the best verses. Everybody does their job. And we're going to make this a hell of an album. And that's exactly what the hell they did right here on this album on 21 and over. I really admire that. The fact that really there's no waste on this album whatsoever. And again, the music on here is not slapstick music. It's not anything to be like, I hate to say it. It's not anything corny. Everything on here, man is top tier hip hop and for it to be a party album and that it to be considered sort of like on the fringe bravo on the production and the quality of this album it is awesome notable quotables so my notable quotable i mentioned it to you earlier was last call and the verse by tash which is the first verse and i thought he did a great he had lots of great verses on here tash did by the way he definitely to me i think is probably one of the co-mvps of this entire album but <laughs> he definitely did his thing on this first verse and it goes a little something like this. It's time to roll my sleeves up, fuck a few MCs up, another rough cut from the crew that won't ease up. The alcoholic click, a.k.a. the 40 downers. Flip rhymes like Calvin flips fries and quarter pounders. I never drink and drive because I might spill my drink. I feel the breathalyzer so they took me to the clink. Niggas earling in the sink because they can't fade to Cisco. I'm from the old school, but I never rocked a disco. 
Loops from the groups that like to smack the bitches. The licks is hitting hookers like gangsters hitting switches. Front to the back, to the side to side. Make you stance with these bitches, but the electric slide. I'm about to flip, but first I'm about to sip off the 40 ounce of brood that I was saving for the trip. Back to the lab, because all I do is bang cuts. That's why I hang around my group like a dick hang with nuts. <laughs> oh boy, gotta love it, man. Great, great lines in there. The mm, gotta love the, the fact that he referenced a pop culture reference such as the McDonald's commercial where he says, flips rhymes like Calvin flips fries and quarter pounders. Calvin from the McDonald's commercial. Calvin's got a job at McDonald's. Hey, ain't that something? <laughs> man, but great verse by Tash, man. Lots of verses to pick from, but that's the one that I'm going with with my notable quotables. Lots of other great verses on there, as well as a couple of ones by King T. Final verdict. So my final verdict on the Alcoholics 21 and over, and we're talking about now a group that has an expansive discography this is at this point now they've been together for well longer than 30 years. They took a quick little break in between in the middle, but they're black back together. And this is a group now they're five albums in and they've had lots of experience. They've done uh, lots of tours, toured with a lot of other groups. As a matter of fact, when I was listening to this, I was saying, Hey, if I could put together a dream tour of right around this time period of West coast groups, that need a tour together. My dream tour would be a tour of Cypress Hill, the alcoholics, hieroglyphics and the far side. <laughs> that would be a dope ass tour, right? Like, you know, you want to talk about some like alternative hip hop, like not a care in the world, just dope ass hip hop. Like that would be it right there. I would put them sort of in that same category of all those groups right there. Cause I think they all kind of fit within the same niche somewhat. And I think if you're looking at listeners who listen to all those groups, if you were to put Venn diagrams up, I think a lot of them would intersect. They really would. But with the alcoholics and 21 and over, I don't necessarily think that this is one of their best albums, but I do think that this is an album that's worth mentioning. So when we look at the final verdict and say, is it a classic album? Is it an essential album? Is it a dope album? A good album or just okay? For me, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's a dope album. And I think it's a dope ass album. It's an album that you talk to a lot of people about it, man. They'll definitely mess with it. You'll have people who giving us anything from four mics. If you go off the mic scale, if you go off the out of 10, scale some people might give this like an 8 out of 10 and I think that would be right in the area where this album falls I do think among a certain group of fans that this is a west coast classic this is definitely a cult classic among a lot of fans especially of their alcoholic hardcore fans this is a cult classic for them I definitely respect that standing that it has amongst that community amongst the west coast and amongst those group of fans and I wouldn't argue with you there because I'm very aware of the impact that some music has on a region versus the rest of the country or the rest of the world. And for those of us being in California and being fans of that group live and in that moment, I can see how you can list it as a classic. But for me, I'll go ahead and say it's a really, really dope album, almost on the borderline of being essential. But I'm going to say it's a dope album. Matter of fact, it's a dope ass album. And I encourage everybody to go check it out, man. The Alcoholics 21 and over 30 years old this week. Make sure y'all go check it out and hit us up on social media and let's talk about it. What do y'all think about the Alcoholics 21 and over? What are your memories of this album? What are some of your favorite songs? And do you agree with our rating? Do you think it's a classic? Do you think it's essential? Or do you think that it's dope like I think that it is? Hit us up on social media. Talk about it in the comments. We love to continue the conversation. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. 
There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.